I don't know, but we're back. It's uh, it's another live MTL event on Facebook. Welcome, welcome to another one. We're back. I don't even know. Do people even tune in to live events anymore? Um, there's plenty going on, right? And there's stuff happening. But if you're tuning in live, thank you so much for being here live and in the moment with me. If you're watching it after the fact, 10 minutes late, the next day, whatever, hey, welcome as well. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in. Um, don't forget, I wrote this down also to make sure that I pressed record. Don't forget that this will also be podcasted. The audio version of this will be podcasted. I'll try to get it up in the next few days. I always try and get it up a couple days later, but at least a week afterwards, it will be posted. So for people who don't have Facebook accounts, for people who just want to listen to the audio version, you know, when you're driving or something like that, it's out there. It will be out there. Okay. So, um, anyway, I hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that all of you are doing well. I'm hoping that you're, um, staying active, um, that you're, tackling your plan B's like we've talked about the plan of becoming um, that you're looking at finding new grooves and creating new grooves um, good habits um, following all that's been taken in over the past few months I'm I'm hoping that you're staying healthy and that you're practicing self-care that you're continuing to adventure inward as life opens back up um, as there are more distractions you know we can become preoccupied with different things. So I'm hoping that you're continuing to take self-care seriously, right? And and create new routines and new habits and new grooves. I hope that you're engaging in some communication that is real and authentic, right? And allowing you to know other people more and allowing them to know you more. Okay? So anyway, all my hopes for you guys. And with that said, um, tonight's talk discussion, um, interaction, engagement. This is titled, Fear is Not a Factor for Me. Um, That's just a good title to put with it. Um, We are going to talk about fear a little bit, and we're going to go down a couple of of rabbit trails. But I'm going to start with the fact that we just recently went on a family camping trip. Um, It was pretty awesome. We got away for a few days, and we were able, just the five of us, to go camping And camping's a chore, though. You know, like, camping's one of those things, when I think about it, I'm like, ugh. Like, and I enjoy it while I'm there. I definitely do. I think it's awesome and amazing. Um, But then, there's the whole leading up to camping. It's like we have to pack everything and organize everything. And then when we get there, we have to take it all out and we have to set it up. And then you can start camping, right? And then it's pretty fun and you're there and you're camping. But then, at the end of camping, there's the... We have to tear this all down. We have to put it all away. And then we have to, like, get home and put it back in all of its places and where it goes. And sometimes that's just a chore. It's a lot of work. It drains me out. That's why when we finally are camping, I'm just like, ugh, this is awesome. I just want to sit here. I just want to chill. I just want to relax. And this time in our camping endeavor, um, and all the hustle and bustle of everything... We forgot something. And sometimes you forget like a very small thing. This didn't feel like a very small thing. Once we got there and we had the tent set up and we've got everything set up and we're like rolling out sleeping bags and going crazy and looks and she goes, did you get the pillows? 
I was like, the pillows. How in the world did we forget the pillows? Like, that's a part of the relaxation part. Like, if I don't have a pillow, I'm screwed. Like, this whole thing. Ugh. So anyway, we forgot the pillows. And we weren't driving back to get them. So that was interesting. Um, made for a very interesting trip. Dang. Camping. Not too relaxing um, from that point of view. But good trip nonetheless. You know, got dusty, got dirty. Um, came back, was so grateful for showers and things like that. And my pillow. Oh, my gosh. Felt so good when we got back, you know. Anyway, that's just my little sidetrack story. Just wanted to tell you guys about that. Um, right before camping, I had a wedding. I had a wedding at Maroon Bells. It was beautiful. Small, intimate, um, really cool wedding at Maroon Bells. And Anne decided to come with me, which was so fun to have her there. Because we got to hang out a little bit in Aspen and got to hang out at the Bells a little bit. And what was even better was, when I got there, I was surprised because... The photographers who were shooting with me were a husband-wife duo. They're amazing people, and they're local to Summit County. And I didn't know they were going to be there. And so, like, I walk up, and I see this guy, and I'm like, what? You're here? And, like, so we hung out a little bit, and we talked, and um, I got to introduce Ann to, to them. And it was so funny because when I did, he started telling this story. Because he didn't realize I was going to be there either until he was talking with the bride on the day of. And she said something about like, oh, yeah, and our officiant is Phil Gallagher. And he goes, oh, my gosh. And then he rattled off this story to us when I introduced Ian. And so he says something along the lines of, oh, my gosh, you have the most caring, laid back, stress-free, happy person in the world doing your wedding for you. Most positive person. Most positive, yes. And see, she remembers some words that I don't. Most positive person in the world doing your wedding. And the whole time, I'm kind of looking at Ann, and she's kind of looking at me, and she didn't wrap me out. Like, she didn't. So I was thank- I was very thankful for that. But afterwards, we talked about it a little bit, and I was like, dang, do I have him fooled? You know, like, it's like one of those things that Anne was like, no, you don't have him fooled. That's just like, that's what those people think of you. Like, the people that you work with, and and strangers especially. Um, Like, you tell a really impressive story. (laughs) You know, like, you put up a pretty good pretty good ruse and we were kind of laughing about it and I was like yeah I mean it's pretty much true because honestly it's like the people I work with and 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 these amazing wedding vendors and the couples I work with and like especially strangers like I work really hard right to to tell them a story to tell them a version of my story it's pretty funny because that's just how it is and sadly sadly Ugh, I've got to break it to you guys. The story I tell them isn't isn't necessarily the real deal. It's not it's not 100% like who I am. You know what I mean? And maybe that's okay. Honestly, that's that's probably all right. Because there are versions of my story like that I that I can tell people and and to a certain degree that's maybe all they need to know. Right? 
But let's just be honest, that's not the real story. That's not the real film. And what's even crazier is sometimes the versions of the story that I even tell myself aren't the real deal either. That's what's mind-blowing. Like, to me, like, when I sit down and I kind of, like, really get at it and I kind of uncover some of that stuff, that's what blows my mind. Sometimes that story isn't even the real deal. I hope you can relate to this. Like, by the time we get there, I hope this strikes a deep chord. If you really know me, um, then you know a few things. You know that I can be an anxious person. You know that I can be a nervous person, a a fearful, worried person, even slightly neurotic. Like, it's there, you know, like paranoid. Um, there's, there's that side of me, you know? Um, it's just the truth. And so, like, the last four to five years of my life, I feel like I've been coming up against the truth of, of, of that version of my story that's there, that's, that's been there, you know what I mean? Because that's large in part a version of my story that I tell myself. That's like a version that's, that's like there and some deep grooves have been set over 42 years of my life, right? And, and, and for the past four to five years, it's been this back and forth, whoa, sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oof, yeah, I hit the cord and it, and it turned on you guys. But anyway, it's been this back and forth process of coming face to face with those kind of personal demons, those kind of versions of my story. And and it was just a couple days ago we watched this um, this movie called After Earth. It's with Will Smith and his son Jaden Smith and my all time favorite director of all time, M Night. M. Night! So if you haven't seen After Earth, I'm not going to, like, ruin it for you. I don't want to, like, totally trash the movie, but if you haven't seen it, you need to make a movie night, like, soon. You need to set that up and do a movie night and check out After Earth. The entire kind of overarching story is about fear. Um, It's essentially in the future, and there's, like, a creature that can track you by your fear, and there are these people like who have learned that fear isn't real, that it's not um, what's the word they use? It's not it's not a fact. Fear is a choice. And so you can choose to not fear. And then this creature can't track you and essentially kill you. And they call it ghosting when you can go that invisible to this creature. But the whole story is kind of about fear. And there's these moments where Will Smith is talking with his son, um, who is his son in the movie as well, and he's just telling him that fear is a choice. You know, danger is real, but fear, it's a choice. And every time I watch that movie, man, it strikes a deep chord with me because fear has been a part of my story. It has been a a, a significant um, part of my story. And every time I see that movie, I mean... The things I wrote down, I was like, fear isn't real. Um, fear gets in the way. It takes you out of the present moment. It, it uproots you from this present moment. It robs you of the joy and, and the presence. And it pulls you somewhere else. It's very distracting. It's very um, 
preoccupying. It's, it's just something that is kind of crazy. And so for me, when I work with couples and strangers and, and random strangers and, and amazing vendors and all of these people, they only see the story I tell them. They have never seen that like fearful side of Phil that gets pulled out of the present moment. Because when I work, I'm present and I try really hard and I put a lot of effort in and I tell this version of my story that they see. And you know what? Like I said, that's okay. Maybe that's perhaps all they need to know. But I just think it's funny when someone says, oh man, Phil, he's the most carefree, stress-free, positive person on the face of the planet. (laughs) I'm like, wait, we're talking about me, right? Like this guy. Because... Not the full picture. Not the full picture, right? But then there's my version of the story, right, that I live, that's up here in my head. And honestly, everybody, like... I can't trust that version of the story either because that story tends to be rooted or rather, let me say, that story tends to be uprooted. That story um, isn't so positive. That story isn't grounded in the present moment. Oftentimes, that story is really just waiting for something bad to happen. Like, a lot of times. And and I don't know, like, where I'm going to point to and say, like, how this happened or whatever, but I know that that's a true struggle that I deal with a lot, is not settling for that version of my story. Now, my dad, um, I don't know if you guys are going to, like, believe this or not, but my dad has this uncanny ability. Like people have thought throughout my lifetime that my dad was like an angel. I'm not kidding. Like he would, he would come up and he would say things to my friends and and like have conversations with other people. And sometimes he just gets this feeling and he says something and he doesn't even know why he says it, but what he says like is so real to them. And then like, it's so deep they don't know who he is because it's like a stranger. And, and they're like, that dude was an angel and he told me this. And oh my gosh, how did he know? You know what I mean? It's like these weird supernatural kind of things. Anyway, my dad once, he was praying for me. I'm sure my parents pray for me all the time because they know the, the real me. <laughs> so they're praying for me a lot. And one time my dad says, oh, like I got this feeling that God is going to bless you somehow. And I remember when he said this to me because I was standing in line at the grocery store checking out. And I didn't like smile or anything. In fact, I said to him, so dad, do you think this blessing's like a good thing? Because like, you know, how blessings are disguised. And like oftentimes, like, I don't know, let's say I'm a professional drummer And then something happens to my arm and I can't drum anymore. So it's a big bummer. But then through the tragedy and through the trial, like there's this blessing on the other side. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So that's like where my mind went when my dad said that. My dad like laughs on the phone with me out loud. He's like, no, I think it's actually going to be like a good thing. Right. And it's going to happen soon. Like in the next few weeks. And I was like, okay, 
kind of fortune cookie-ish, but like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm just, you know, where my head goes. So anyway, long story made short, we were dealing with this huge insurance debacle from Silas, his delivery, when he was brought into the world. And it was this whole debacle where the insurance was like, yeah, we'll cover stuff. And then they were like, no, we're not going to cover anything. And you're going to owe all this money. And we had been going around six months over and over. We would call back like every week and deal with different people and, and have to cite the case number and people just every time, you know. It was just like you could never get anywhere with it. And it was like a week went by. And we called our usual call, and a person picked up on the other end of the phone, and they simply said this. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I see that. Yeah. Oh, no. No, that's going to be covered. 100%. You don't owe anything. No worries. Boom. Click. Done. <gasps> and we went nuts, and we thought this was so amazing. I keep looking at Anne because she's back there. Um, sometimes my details, you know. Um, but it was pretty amazing. Now, the version so often that I tell myself is that something bad's going to happen. Um, like, to be fearful, you know, to practice like this mindset of scarcity in the world, to, to move forward in a way um, that kind of isn't present and, and is kind of robbed of some joy and some peace and some rest and some relaxation. You know what I mean? It's like I live my life without a pillow camping. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I want the pillow. Like, that's that's the version I want of that story. Like, I don't want to forget the pillow. I want to bring the pillow. I want to have the pillow. I want to be there in the moment and rest. Um, so sometimes, like, there's the versions we tell. Sometimes there's the versions that play in our heads. And, and it's the version, like, the, the we're kind of operating by. And then there's this, there's this whole other thing. And that's kind of what I want to put out to you guys tonight. And that's simply what I would call, there's this divine version of your story that's pretty remarkable, right? And oftentimes, this is like the version that confronts us. It's like... The past four and five years, I feel like what I'm being confronted with more and more is this divine version of my story. And this divine version of my story says, guess what? There are good things too, Phil. <laughs> right? Like you don't always have to expect something bad. And in fact, there is a life and a mindset beyond fear. Something else, something other that you can live, that you can step into, that you can embrace, that you can be a part of on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, that fear is actually a choice, right? That it's not a reality, that it's not a version of my story. In fact, I can trust and I can believe and I can embrace a different version. And that's what I would like to say is this kind of divine version of my story. It's something other. It's something um, challenging. 
It's something brutally honest. It's something um, too good to not be true. Right? Right? It's so good like that. So at the end of this all, there's this question for me um, that I kind of face like on a daily basis, on a certainly almost like a moment-to-moment basis. It's, it's like, which version of my story am I going to choose to believe? Which version of my story am I going to choose to trust? Which version of my story will I live into and allow to be the story of my life? The true story. The wide-encompassing, awesome story. And I'm telling you what, like that divine version of my story, like I said, it's it's like the pillow, man. It's uh, for me, it's the camping trip. We we remembered everything. Like it's a good, good story. And for me, that divine story, like I'm not going to go into it like in depth here, but it starts with the fact, like that you're loved, that I'm loved. That's where the story starts. The divine version of my story starts rooted, grounded in love. And with that love comes peace and joy and safety and security and abundance and all of that. And when my story starts there, that's a whole lot um, more generous to live in right? When my story starts there. I wrote down a couple of things, just like the divine version of your story um, starts with that word loved. Um, it, it starts with phrases like who you aren't isn't interesting, right? Because so many of us believe so many things about ourselves. We believe so many things, so many incorrect, like obvious false versions of our story, but who you aren't isn't interesting, right? Like your version of the story, the divine version starts with the fact that you do measure up, right? And it grounds you in love and it pulls you away from things like shame and anxiety and guilt and um, just all of that stuff. I'm trying to look at my notes because I don't want to leave something out because I feel like this part is pretty important. But despite what you've done and what's happened to you and how deep your grooves are in life, there's a divine version of your story. And it's so good. It's so good. There's this really cool Bible story. It's my favoriteest favoritist (laughs) Bible story. Um, It's about two sons and a father. And in that story, you can see that there's a lot of versions going on of all kinds of things. Like there's sons believing stories about themselves and there's fathers, this father trying to tell a story. Um, And in the end, the, the sons have to figure out like, I mean, whose version of the story do I believe? You know? Whose version of the story will I trust? Is it what is the version I'm telling? Is it the version other people are telling? Or is it what my father's telling? And a lot of times, that's what I like to think of um, for this divine version of the story. 
And there's this phrase that the father in that story from the Bible uses. And it's so cool because he simply says this. I am always with you and everything I have is yours. That's what the father tells the sons. And it's like, can they believe that? Can they trust that? Do they know that or not? And sometimes when I'm in a place and I'm super fearful and I'm super worried and I'm super stressed out, I like to remember that phrase because I like to believe that there is this divine presence. And that story is the true story, right, of me. And in that story, I can hear the divine simply saying, I'm always with you. That's a huge comfort to me. And everything I have is yours. And so that's when I say, well, screw fear. Like, I don't want fear then. <laughs> like, I'm okay. How about some peace? How about some rest? How about some joy? How about something else? Because if you have that and it's mine, I want it. Right? And so I can choose those things over fear. I can choose to be in that place other than fear. Now, you guys might not know this, but um, I think I did it on one of the earlier MTLs. Like, I was in Universal Studios, and I was there randomly, and we did this, they had this live fear factor thing going on, and so, like, I... You know, was like, hey, I'll try this. And so I got to be a group of people who they kind of weaned down to like five people. And then we all competed on a live fear factor. So funny. Because like me in fear factor. Hilarious. Like I was talking tonight just with my family at dinner. And I said, hey, I'm going to talk a little bit about fear and my story and my version of my story. And like, um... What should I, you know, talk about? And then Lincoln immediately brought that up. And I had totally forgotten about it. Me competing on Fear Factor. Because at the end, I won. I won. And they give you this t-shirt. And and then they record you, like, wearing the t-shirt. And you have to say what the winner says at the end of Fear Factor. And what does the winner say? Fear is not a factor for me. Cracks me up every time I think about myself saying that. But pretty cool at the same time because fear is a choice and honestly like in in the in the divine version of my story like when i can start to trust and believe in that fear is not a factor for me it just isn't it's simply in this other version that i like to tell myself a lot but i'm in process of being confronted with this truer deeper um better version of my story this divine version and fear isn't a factor for me in that story now i don't know what your thing is like here i am talking about me and and i'm talking about i'm letting you guys like have this little window this little glimpse you know um into the version of phil that i kind of tell myself but i don't know what it is for you though like I mentioned some other things, like there's guilt, there's shame, there's blame. Um, I mean, there's obviously not measuring up. So many of us have a voice that says, like, you're not doing enough. Um, you'll never be enough, you know. Um, there's so many different things. But what I want to try and encourage you to do tonight is simply this. We had a conversation with our oldest son recently, and he said something about, like, 
well, if, um, you know, dad, dad has all, dad has all these crazy stories, you know, he's got these crazy stories and all this stuff happens to him. And like, I'm sure that like, if all that stuff happened to me, I might think a lot of the ways the dad does or something like that. (laughs) And, And I simply voiced up and I said, you have all of those stories. It's just whether or not we see them or not. It's whether or not you're paying attention and you can try to step back and see what I'm talking about tonight, this ultimate divine version of your story. Because so many times there's so many competing stories going on and versions, like happening, like, and you believe so many things about yourself that simply aren't true. And so when you can step back and you can start to see the divine version of your story, then things get really interesting. One of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was simply more to life. Um, we started more to life, I don't know, five or six years ago now. And we started it because we, we thought we should. And, and so we started meeting together and, and doing talks and things like that. And then the next thing you know, like we need some funding and funding was tough and it wasn't always easy, but it just simply always kind of happened. And then recently, in the last three weeks, we got some unique donations to Mortal Life, right? And some people would step back and they would simply say coincidence or like whatever. But I step back and I simply see the divine version of that story. Because like it's what's been happening all along with Mortal Life. When we need it, it comes. When we need it, it happens. It's like this, don't worry, don't fall into the mindset of scarcity, like, it will happen. There's this generosity being demonstrated. There's this abundance being demonstrated that's pretty, pretty awesome when you step back and you start to see that kind of story. So, what I want to leave you guys with tonight, trying to see if there's anything else I'm missing here. Nope, it's all good. Like I'm seeing it. Um, I want you to see the many versions of your story. And I want you to learn to become aware of those versions. That first of all, they exist, that they're there, and that you pay attention to them. And I want you to truly begin to learn to see the divine version of your story, though. Right? To be able to step back and to be able to see that and train your eyes to pay attention to it. So you can begin to like enjoy that version and trust that version and embrace it more and more. It's life beyond fear. It's when fear isn't a factor for you. It's life beyond guilt and anxiety and shame and all of those things. All of the other versions are just kind of distorted versions of the real story. You know, they've got bits and pieces of it, um, but it's not the whole picture. It's not the whole picture. So anyway, a few things that I just wanted to tell you as we end tonight. You are a child of the divine. Your story is rooted and grounded in that love. Your story begins that you are loved. 
You're a work of art in progress. Your story's being written. It's being told. And there might be several versions floating around out there, distortions of the truth. But you get to choose which story you trust, which story you believe, which story you will live into. And I know the struggle. (laughs) I know the struggle and I know it's real. But I would just encourage you, um, over the past four to five years, I keep being confronted by this divine version of my story. And the glimpses and the glimmers of it are amazing. I love it. Um, There is the day-in, day-out life and struggle of of trusting that version and, and believing it. And... It's not necessarily easy, but it's so worth it um, when you can find yourself trusting that version of the story. So my encouragement to you is that. Um, And perhaps we'll talk a little bit more about the divine version of your story in the coming weeks. Who knows? Um, We're still kind of on the rhythm right now of every two weeks. So I don't think I'll be back next Tuesday, but maybe I'll surprise you guys with something extra. Who knows? All right. Um, what picture? There's a picture in the corner. Oh my gosh! All right. Anne's telling me, like I don't know when she did this, but she said randomly she wanted me to show us. This was after Fear Factor. Um, that's me. And Silas and Lincoln and Tate. And I'm wearing a shirt that says Fear Factor Live Champion. Pretty cool. That was right after I did it. Um, And yeah, fear is not a factor for me. Right? Choose the divine version of your story. Because it's so good. It's so good. All right. I'll see you in two weeks for sure. If I don't see you in two weeks, I'll see you in a week. (laughs) Right? It'll be a surprise. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Um, You can check out More to Life online at um, experiencemoretolife.com. And, yeah, if you have any ideas for talks that you want to send my way, send them my way. Because I love some ideas right now um, just to chat with you guys about. All right? All right. Wish you health, safety, peace, joy, and even better... I wish you the divine version of your story. We'll see you soon.